Hi, I'm Doug Wilson. I'm the CEO of Next Solutions, and I'm also an executive fellow with the Center for Higher Ambition Leadership. The Center for Higher Ambition is dedicated to developing purposeful leaders who can make a difference in this world, both financially and socially. Next Solutions is a company that focuses a lot with home builders and people that are doing land development in our country. I've had the privilege of working with a number of home building companies. And today I have with me Bridget Luther, who is an expert in thinking about the products we put into our homes, how they can be products that are good for the environment, but also good for our own health. And I had Bridget on a most recent podcast where she laid out some of the things she's been doing with Cradle to Cradle. I'd like to focus in today, Bridget, a little bit more on what uh, you can think about with home building and what are some of the opportunities there uh, for a home builder. First of all, a little background, Bridget. Why don't you um, tell us a little bit about your experience with the Department of Conservation under Arnold Schwarzenegger. You were there for five years. Is that correct? Right, I was there for five years, and I really learned a lot about government and how it works and regulations and how regulations don't work. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be in a space that was more working with industry. One thing you find is that government's very slow. Industry can be very fast. Changes mm-hmm. can happen very quickly. And I had been in contact with William McDonough and Michael Brungard, the authors of Cradle to Cradle, Remaking the Way They Make Things. And they said, we want to start a nonprofit so that our ideas can scale down to manufacturers. And I had asked them to let me help them, which I did. And we started this uh, five years ago, um, almost six years ago now, and became very successful. Uh, Over 200 companies participated in the Cradle Cradle Certification Program that was really built out of the idea of their book, Cradle to Cradle, Remaking the Way We Make Things, because companies were were doing what the book inspired us to do, make the world a better place, Mm -hmm. to make things that wouldn't end up in landfills, to make things that kept going around out of materials that don't kill us. And they wanted to be acknowledged for that. And so um, Bill McDonough and Michael Brungart were working these companies, and they would acknowledge with them with a certificate. They would say, here's your certificate. Good job great all you're doing and you can put this little uh, trademark on your products Hmm. but you could only get it if you were working with Bill or Michael you could Hmm. not get it so they decided that they would train others to help companies go through this process so the nonprofit trained uh, 14 other consulting groups and there's more consulting groups getting trained all the time to help companies actually go through this process how do we actually start on the path to making our products so they're good for people and planet. What does that look like? That's fantastic. So I know a lot of the companies that I work with, they have a core purpose of making life better for the people that are their buyers, the people that help build the home, uh, and making life better for the communities that they're going to build in. Um, So when you think about this cradle to cradle, I mean, home building is, some people say it's just a commodity business. You're, you know, people are going to go out and buy the lowest priced home with the highest level of spec possible. Um, Do people really care about what's in the home or should they be caring about what's inside that home? Yeah, it's really hard. Most of us are just picking things. I like the color. I like the style. You're not really thinking about 
oh, what I'm picking, that looks like really toxic material. You ever yeah. pick it up and smell it? You'd never see people picking up things and smell it. I'm one of those people. I pick things up, but that doesn't smell right. You know, mm-hmm. that's not going to go in my home. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that come into our home that we're not really aware of mm-hmm. that can have huge impacts on our health. We're seeing more and more of that interest in, um, you know, what am I putting in me, the whole growth of the organic business, what I'm putting on me, the growth of the whole um, natural products, you know, what am I putting on my hair, what am I putting on my baby, you know, and then what what is surrounding me, what Mm -hmm. is in my home, you know, walk into a home and you think, that's, that, you can smell that new car smell, that new carpet smell and think, that's not what I want to be around. Yeah, so when I walk into a new home, a lot of times it has that new home smell. And some homes really smell strong. Like, what is this in this home? Is it the carpet or what? And what describe what those smells are that we're smelling when we walk into a new home or a new car, say. Yeah, it's called volatile organic compounds, and they can be large and they can be small so it can be particulates in the air it can be an exhaust from a diesel engine and that goes straight into your lungs but it also can be just very fine little chemicals that actually implant themselves in your lungs and in your brain Hmm. and um the 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 impact the long-term impact of that can be a a a life-threatening disease Hmm. so you want to try to limit those as much as you can you want to try to use the non-volatile organic compound paint it's called no voc so Hmm. you see vocs all the time and there's a lot of no voc paint out there that as its base at the white it actually doesn't smell like anything but as you start putting tints in it you will actually go in a room this happened to me i mean i wanted the no voc paint i also wanted a really brilliantly colored yellow bedroom and i go into the brilliantly colored yellow bedroom and i think wait a minute i thought i just paid a lot of money for the non-voc paint and this room smells the high heavens well it was because of the tint so you have to be just careful of those kinds of things. And then there's the little things that we don't have much control over, like the glues and the finishes that, that are being used in homes to glue down the carpet or to finish the floor and those kinds of things. Be Try to be aware of those. But cradle-to-cradle certification, a lot of those products, 75% of what got certified is something for buildings. So there's a lot of products out there where you can make choices and you can make a difference in your health. And you can also support the companies that say, we're trying to make the world better. So there's a lot of really thing, really interesting things that builders can do. And by the way, they don't cost anymore. So, so I know that, for instance, uh, Shaw's Carpet, their cradle-to-cradle company, they reuse their carpet over and over again. Uh, I was, uh, you mentioned it in the last podcast we did. And it sounds great, but doesn't uh, it's made out of nylon. Does nylon emit VOCs? No. So you don't have the VOC problem that you have with all these other carpets. Like what is a what is a problem with a carpet that it emits VOC? Well, Why? it will have a polyvinyl chloride in it, okay. which is a PVC, which is emits a cancer-causing gas, but it's also horrible for the people that make the PVC. Hmm. So there's this whole cancer cluster down in Alabama that's all caused by people who are actually having to make polyvinyl chloride. That's their job. Hmm. And then there's this dioxin that comes up out of the the pipes <laughs> from the from the facilities that are making the PVC. But that's all being better regulated now. But I just 
I feel like there is a better way that we could all support. We should be supporting the companies that are trying to make a product with product with materials that don't cause cancer. And that's what Cradle Cradle Certification All is about. So I, um, I understand that uh, some companies are very committed to their interiors about making sure there's uh, nothing uh, in the offices or in their interiors that uh, have... Um, volatile organic compounds or anything else that's harmful being emitted. You told me an interesting story about Larry Page with Google. Tell us, tell the group about that. <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting. He is very concerned about volatile organic compounds and um, he actually has a machine called a spectrometer where he goes around and goes into all the buildings and the offices and actually measures the off-gassing because mm. he doesn't want his employees to be subjected to this. And in one instance, they had just finished this beautiful room and using all the no VOC paints and all the right glues and the right carpet and the right window shades. And he gets in there and this thing just starts going ding, 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 ding. Well, someone, some painter had come up and put some plaster on the wall that had a very high VOC count. And he actually made the guy come back, take the plaster off and redo it. I, I guess it had lead in the uh, yeah, plaster. Is that right? lead in the plaster. So okay. that's not good. <laughs> no. That is, so what are, what are some of the things that happen if I'm a buyer, a consumer, and I live in a home that has high VOC off-gassing? What are, what are some of the health implications? Well, you know, you just, first of all, you'll start to get headaches. And um, so the first thing you'll want to do is just open the windows and make sure that you probably keep the windows open for at least a week mm -hmm. so you can start to circulate the air in here. And that's mm -hmm. sometimes very difficult, particularly in office buildings, not so much in homes where you can actually open a window, you can open mm -hmm. a door. And um, they're not really, it's really hard to say what are the long-term health impacts because we're impacted by so many things in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. But we do know that this is not healthy and we have some studies that say, you know, the health impacts could be significant. You mentioned something that about it, these little particulates can actually get in the brain. Uh, what are some of the impacts? Uh, implications of that. Have they actually done research on that? <laughs> yeah, brain tumors. It's funny, I um, ride in these cars with these drivers that have those little scented things that hang on. I say, yeah. do you have any idea what you are breathing every day it is going straight into your brain? You really don't want to be closed into a car on the same thing. So I would also encourage people to not put those scented things in their home. Mm. I mean, just get used to the way the home, your home smells and don't try to be masking it with um, mm. a bunch of scents. And um, it's, it's, it's odd, and I don't want to have people get all scared, but wouldn't it be just wonderful if the home builders just said, we're going to make our spaces as healthy as possible? Mm -hmm. and how amazing that would be. And there's actually some developers in New York that have been doing that, and they, they sell homes at a premium. Mm -hmm. But I don't even think you need to do that because I think there are enough products out there now where we can actually build regular homes for regular people and still make them very healthy. You actually have um, a certification around healthy products. Is that right? Right. So the Cradle Cradle Certification pro process is committing to five benchmarks, one around the, the health of the product, what it's made out of, how it's designed, committing to renewable energy, clean water, and paying everyone a fair wage. That's five benchmarks that you have to meet as a manufacturer. But we also they also have a new material health certificate. So you could get a material health certificate for your family. And many um, companies have decided to go that route just to 
to let their customers know, you know, this is where we're heading with our product. We want our product to be the safest, healthiest on the market. So the material health certificate is out there as well. So give me an example of material health certificate that you could use in a home today. Um, Owens Corning has gotten their material health certificate around their, um, their insulation. Hmm. So that is very powerful. There is also a glue that's called BioRenew, and it is actually a glue for um, carpet. And they have also gotten the material health certificate. So it's getting more and more popular now. What's the normal glue that people use for carpet? What's it like? <laughs> I'm not sure what's in it because I don't know the chemistry of it. But you can, you can put them side by side. You can actually smell them and tell that you would... I actually have gotten so sensitive now because I've been working on this. I actually get headaches from this stuff. I, I get so, headaches from glue from yeah, carpets at times. Yeah, yeah, I've had that happen to me. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit worried when I see these people that are working on this day in and day out, and I think it's not just the person that's living in the home, but it's also the person that's actually building that home for me. Mm-hmm. And he's going on to build another home and another home and another home, and every day he's being subjected to this glue. Right, that's got to have some impact. I've also seen it with plywood, different levels of plywood and the glue they use with plywood mm-hmm. uh, that uh, you can, that's very, uh, puts off a lot of VOCs. And I, my neighbor across the street is putting in this heavy plywood with lots of glue in it. And you can even walk into the houses as being built and smell it. Yeah. Uh, and you're going, why didn't they just think about this a little differently? And, and it would have made so, such a difference. It's so easy because there's so much innovation going on right now. One of the things that's happening, Rochester Institute of Technology is figuring out how to make a glue from um, from milk solids. So mm. the, the waste from uh, making milk and cheese is being turned into a glue. I mean, there would be lots of, there's lots of really neat things like that that are going on right now. If... The person who makes the plywood says, by the way, send me the glue that doesn't cause cancer. This would be a great thing to have. And now there's a demand engine for the innovation. Right. The innovation usually doesn't happen until somebody asks for it. I like the purchasing uh, agent sending out the memo that says, please send me the glue that doesn't cause cancer. Please send me the dye that doesn't cause cancer. And uh, seeing their reaction at the other end. I think that's awesome. And there's just so much innovation, which is why they named, why we named the Institute the Cradle Cradle Products Innovation Institute, because we feel like, and even one of the best known chemists right now, the father of green chemistry is a, a young man named John Warner. He says 70% of the materials we need have not even been invented yet. Hmm. So as long, so there's just all this huge opportunity. They're saying billions of dollars of green chemistry innovation just waiting out there for someone to unlock. Hmm. That's awesome. So give me uh, an example as well. Like uh, what about plaster? Uh, can Plaster can be harmful or it can be uh, non-toxic. Uh, is there any plaster out there that works? <laughs> There's a really interesting company in Japan named Tagawa Sanjio. And they have studies that are in Japanese. We're trying to get them translated to English that actually show as you put the, as you put the plaster on the wall, it actually starts to draw the toxins out of the air. Hmm. It's made out of calcium carbonate, and it's trying to become marble. So it's constantly pulling things out of the air. Gi- so, like a giant HEPA filter. Yeah, like a giant HEPA filter. So it would just get really strong. And they, they make a little cube that can also be used in your room as a deodorizer. And um, I just love, love, love this plaster. It's really beautiful, and it also reduces moisture in your home as well. 
So is this available in the U.S. market today? They have some limited um, limited distribution in the U.S., and they're, they're looking for more customers. Uh, it's just a matter of asking, huh? It's just a matter Does of asking. Does it cost more? Do you know? Uh, I don't. I don't know what the cost difference would be, but a lot of it is just mostly there. As long as there's more demand, then the cost will go down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all. That's just simple economics. If only one house wants it, it's going to be expensive. If a hundred houses wants it, now we're good. Now yeah, we're now I, we're golden. Now you can get to the yeah. scale. What about paint? I mean, paints are notorious for the off-gassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Cradle to Cradle Products Innovation Institute had an innovation prize they did a couple years ago, and one of the companies that won it was a company called Roma, Roma Paint. And they have figured out how to make paint with only minerals based on a thousand-year-old recipe from the Romans. So what the Romans were using to paint their homes with all these many years ago, these, these homes are still there, they still look fresh, and uh, this paint is being distributed throughout the U.S. It's called Roma Paint. So yeah. I'm very excited about them. There's a lot of... Um, uh, Benjamin Moore has also had their paint Cradle Cradle certified as well. And yeah. so there's some nice um, Benjamin Moore paints, Natura paints, that have Cradle Cradle certification. So you're, you're getting some verification around the companies who have actually invested in these types of materials that they know you can feel safe putting in your home. You know, on a, on a last note about these different products, uh, when you're a mother uh, and you give birth to a newborn baby, uh, I've noticed that uh, sometimes people will send them home in uh, beautiful colors with aprons and things like that. Um, aren't those uh, fairly toxic? Yeah, yeah you really, it's really interesting. You really don't want to be putting harsh colors on your children because we're not clear on those dyes but you know that the the child's skin is very permeable and is just absorbing everything and you want to make sure that you swaddle them in something that's that's very clean looking and that's the idea of white almost right white (laughs) soft blue pink you know that's why you know it's really interesting in talking to dr brungard he said there's a reason why babies were were, were, were swaddled in blue and pink is because those colors are very soft and don't have the toxicity of some of the, the harsher colors, some hmm. of the darker, more intense hues. What about things like Barbie dolls? Yeah, you know, kids put things in their mouth all the time. And Barbie's head is a cancer-causing plastic. And people aren't aware of this. You know, you're putting things in your mouth and it's being absorbed into your bloodstream and years later your child is sick and think, well, where did that come from? Well, was it because they were chewing on Barbie's head <laughs> there's not a direct link there's mm-hmm. really it's really hard to prove those links but why don't we just make toys with materials that don't harm children so we know what these materials are these companies know what they are they can very easily make substitutes mm-hmm. and it might be a penny more but at the end of the day you're talking about a child's health mm-hmm. the penny doesn't really matter to the bottom line if and if a gonna, mother knows she's going to spend that extra she's penny. she's going to spend that extra penny sure yes, she is absolutely yeah that's about educating the consumer and having that be part of your marketing campaign right right mm-hmm. and you and there are companies out there that are doing that and they're doing very well because mothers are becoming more aware and they're and they're very concerned about the health of their children what about in land development how people think about you know developing an overall community and things we can do there as well that are are more environmentally sensitive if you will 
Right. There's so many things to talk about on that and different communities that have done this, um, particularly in Europe. They've been working with um, some of the land use specialists at um, Dr. Brungart's firm and William McDonough's firm, and they've done some amazing things. I've been absolutely you know, where you're talking about water reuse some water filtration, where you're not building water, big water treatment plants, but you're actually filtering water through bamboo or through cattails or something like that, where you actually have community gardens that are actually coming from the compost that came from the trash of the homes, where you're, you're planting fruit trees instead of just some bizarre non-native something. You're actually growing fruit that people, you know, children, you know, they say children get so inspired by an apple tree. Because mm-hmm. they actually start to see where food comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, a whole development with apple trees. And then they fall on the ground and you pick them up and, you know, you put them into the compost. And you've got this community garden and the restaurant down the street is using the community garden for your food that evening. And it just becomes this really beautiful cycle. So it's all about just getting the mindset around what can I do that will have a positive impact? What does that look like? And you talked mm-hmm. about abundance, and I think that's a really great world word. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's some abundance here that we could all think about. You know, a lot of the environmental movement is about less. Mm-hmm. You know, less people, less stuff, less this, that, less stuff. But this, when you start thinking about things, keep going away in this sort of circular idea. It becomes very freeing. You become very optimistic about the world. You start thinking, you know what? I can do this. And it starts to get fun, too. The CEOs that I meet that have done this, they're very excited about their job. Mm-hmm. And they're very excited about what they're doing. And they're happy, mm-hmm. you know, because they say, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm really going to make a difference, and and I can feel good about going to work this morning. That's fantastic. So one last story. You mentioned uh, us, uh, that they're doing an experiment in uh, Holland. Uh, I think it was Holland. It might have been Denmark, uh, this uh this city that's really doing some unique things around the environment. <laughs> so there's a big development next to the uh, Schiphol Airport that they have decided to make. In what country is that? It's in Amsterdam. Amsterdam, outside, and okay. In Holland, in uh-huh. the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And they've decided to make it a circular economy. So they're putting in a bank that's going to make loans to companies that are doing circular things. They're putting in their own recycling center. And right next to the recycling center, it's going to be a manufacturing facility. So they're going to take the paper that's going into the recycling center and they're going to turn it into paper and then that's going to go back Hmm. into the community. And they've got this whole sort of circular idea that they're going to build and it's being backed um, by the Dutch government and it is going to be a model for the circular economy. What's the name of the town? It's called Hoopdorf. Hoopdorf. Yeah. Okay. And um, is so it is it on its way now? I mean, is, is you can visit started. it and it's, actually see it. You can't really see it right now. It's still a drawing, but it's right next to a commercial development that was all de- that was all sort of predicated on cradle to cradle principles. Mm-hmm. And uh, the developer there is Delta Development. A uh, young man, Kurt Zacharias, he had hired. He had inherited a company from his dad, and he decided that he was going to embed cradle-cradle principles into his buildings, and he's very worked a lot with William McDonough and his architects, and then they've sort of taken that next step of what is, instead of just one building around a cradle-cradle principle, or I think there's like a dozen buildings around cradle-cradle principle, what if we took all those principles and put them into community? What would that look like? Hmm. And so they're putting that together now, and they are doing it in partnership with a circular economy team, and so it's not just about the community, but it's also about financing and it's about 
also about how you live, work, and play together in sort of this new world where everything keeps going around. That is fantastic. Bridget, I know you have a lot of other stories because I've spent some time with you, and I know you're a leader in helping companies, building companies, and development companies think about how they could become, if you would, gold certified on the healthy spectrum and use that to a marketing advantage as a as a messaging advantage. I, instead of saying marketing, it's a messaging advantage. And it's something that inspires your employees as well. I mean, this is fun when you start thinking this way and you actually start seeing how you save money. It doesn't cost you money. And you start seeing these connections, but you've got to think of it as a system. You got to have a mindset, you know, your system of like the apple tree, how it can integrate into everything. Uh, it starts with the compost, then it comes out of that into a seed, and then the apple, and then the apple goes to the store, and then the apple goes back to the compost. This whole system of that circular economy is very powerful. I think that uh, this is the future for home building. It's the future for land development. And it's something that millennials in particular are looking for. So I think it's a huge opportunity and responsibility we share as leaders in this space today. Thank you very much for being with us. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, Bridget, how do they do it? Um, sure. Bridget. Dot Luther at gmail.com is the easiest way. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Bridget Luther, and you're welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn and we can, we can talk from there. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.